It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Welcome to this episode of Kennedy Saves the World. And someone has to save me from 50. Uh, So it's very interesting. I started my career in broadcasting 30 years ago, which is crazy to me. And I've talked about it a lot on the podcast that when my time at MTV was up in 1997, I started in September of 1992. I started 30 years ago. At MTV, when that was really the only game in town pop culturally, uh, you know, there there really weren't a lot of other networks. There was no such thing as the Internet as we know it. There was certainly no social media. So if you wanted to see what was happening in music and culture, you went to MTV. It was impossible to know back then um, how concentrated that was compared to how diffuse culture is now. Um, But when I left MTV... In 1997, I assumed that my life as a broadcaster was done. So now, 30 years later, I guess I am as surprised as anyone that I'm still here. I've been at Fox for 10 years. I started in August of 2012. And I started out as John Stossel's special correspondent, and that turned into a show called The Independence. And then in 2015, I got a show called Kennedy, which is weeknights at 7 p.m., on the East Coast, 4 p.m. in the West on the Fox Business Network. And so I've been doing that show for my garden almost eight years now. So uh, I guess some of the most consistent things in my 50 years obviously have been my family, with whom I'm still very close and very lucky, uh, and work, which, you know, I'm, I'm delighted, I would say surprised, That I'm still in broadcasting, but one thing I learned kind of early on looking at people who had been in entertainment for a while was the commonalities of the people who had been happy and successful at their jobs is they work really, really hard and they also figure out a way to have relationships with people they work with. And I have internalized that because I have done jobs where I haven't worked as hard and those jobs don't last as long. And here at Fox, I work harder than I ever have at any job. And, you know, not only have I been here for 10 years, but I'm also deeply satisfied with the work I do with the the teams of people that I work with, uh, which, you know, part of it is, I think, good people gravitate toward one another in relationships like that, especially where you're spending hours and hours of intense time every single day. Um, And that's a testament to people who are seeking jobs, people who are hiring people for jobs and uh, others who rely on those people. And I am I am someone who relies very heavily on my team of people. But it it was seeing different managers, hosts, broadcasters, and, you know, really trying to figure out over the years whether it was people 
at MTV, people who worked in news, people who worked in sports, professional athletes, like really trying to figure out, you know, what is it about what they do that allows them to do it for a really long time? And, you know, part of my goal in staying in broadcasting and and trying to be as consistent as possible is, you know, number one, forging good relationships. So for my 50th birthday, uh, I was lucky enough to take my friends and family to Greece, to an island called Santorini, uh, which is absolutely beautiful and incredibly photogenic. And if you've ever wanted to sip dry white wine in a glorious sunset with the golden hour uh, and your your skin perfecting itself in this heavenly light, then go to Santorini. It is a, a wonderful island with really kind people, great food, uh, and delicious white wine. They grow grapes all over Santorini. So there, there's red wine, there's white wine, and there's something about the happiness of the grapes in the sun. So I knew it was a perfect place to celebrate with the people who have supported me uh, personally and professionally throughout my life. And you know, I was very lucky to have some of my colleagues who also happened to be uh, my best friends in life and at work join me. And I just assumed, you know, there were, don't tell the villa this, there were supposed to be 16 or 17 of us. Um, but I assumed that that people that I had invited would drop out for various reasons, and they didn't. And we all showed up and we all had a great time because of that magnetism that you generate, you know, when, when good people work hard and they find each other, wonderful things happen. And so I was very lucky that my work life and my family life collided in one place to mark a big birthday for me. And someone recently asked me, how do you make friends at work? And you make friends at work like you do in any other setting. You know, you, you get to know people, uh, you ask each other questions, you form bonds, you go through intense experiences in work and in life, and you develop a sense of trust. And so I actually, I'm one of those people that I think it's a good thing to be friends with people you work with. You can't be friends with everybody. That's impossible. But you take the people that you're most drawn to at work and you support each other and you build bonds of trust over time and then you have friendships and you have work relationships that, you know, when you're mature people who work hard and want good things in life, uh, you are going to cultivate those things. And I'm also, Emily Campagno asked me one night at dinner when we were kind of making toasts all to each other, she said, you know, what is one of the things that you've learned throughout your 50 years in your career? And, you know, one of the things that has been very consistent for me, um, and it's interesting because if you do this, you run the risk of not being taken entirely seriously. But if you also do this, you will have a more fulfilling experience in general. And that is, I think, a sense of play and a sense of jackassery and a sense of screwing around is very, very important in work and in life. And, you know, we we all can take ourselves way too seriously. And we can all be in this hyper-competition where we're trying to prove to other people that we are better than they are, you know, through through various forms of signaling and self-seriousness is one of those forms. And I've always thought, and 
I try and do this on my show is bring a sense of play and a sense of absurdity and enjoyment to everything I do. Because, you know, my feeling is if you're not enjoying it, if you're not laughing, if you're not poking fun at the world with the people around you, then you shouldn't be doing what you're doing. You know, if it really isn't bringing you that sense that you want to have a good time with the people you're around, either you're doing it wrong or you shouldn't be doing what you're doing. Um, and so that that's one of the things that I've always tried to take, whether it was K-Rock where I started in radio or MTV or even in Seattle when I did talk radio for a little while before I moved back to L.A. and, you know, went to UCLA and hosted a couple game shows for Game Show Network and then eventually got into, you know, more serious talk radio and eventually landed at Fox. It has been, you know, that sense that something really absurd is going to happen. So you might as well dive into it and take advantage of the moment. And if you find yourself being too serious at work and too serious with the people around you, lighten up a little bit, have some fun. You know, give yourself permission to play a little bit in every context you're in because you don't it doesn't mean you screw around. It doesn't mean you dishonor the work or take it less seriously. It means when all of the people around you have the same mindset, you know, when you shift into a serious mode that you're all going to have each other's back. And that's really critical. And when people know that they can have fun and be themselves and enjoy themselves, they are more willing to back you up when more serious stuff happens. Stay right there. More from me, Kennedy, coming up. Hi, everybody. It's Brian Kilmeade. I want you to join me weekdays at 9 a.m. East as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and, of course, what you think. Listen live or get the podcast now at briankilmeadeshow.com. And by and large, that has been the experience that I have had. And when my dad died, that was probably the hardest time that I have had in work. And that's when I knew who my friends were. That's when, you know, I made some of the deepest bonds of friendship with people at work. It was, you know, people who reached out to me and allowed me to be vulnerable and and sad. And, you know, they knew that I needed someone and that there was something that I couldn't provide for myself. And they provided that for me. And when people do that and when people support you, you never forget that. And then you can go back to, enjoying yourself and jackassing around and, and looking back on things uh, with a sense of appreciation. Um, the other thing that, you know, and, and I talked about this in Greece with my family and friends, if there's one thing that I have learned and, you know, I've, I've been through a lot. I have felt grief. I have felt loss. I have felt panic. Um, I have felt existential crises and, had my head so far in the future, which just feeds its own worry vortex that I haven't appreciated what is happening in the moment, even if it's painful. And, you know, there are three people that I have encountered throughout my life. Uh, one was a yoga teacher whom I've had on the show, Brian Kest, and it, I didn't know him. I just internalized the incredible messages that he was teaching in his donation yoga classes in Santa Monica in the 90s. Um, but they were very profound. Another was a healer who 
helped heal my body before and after I was pregnant that I met through a professional surfer. So if it's, you know, if this is a healer through a professional surfer, you know it's good. And um, the other was the dialectical behavioral therapist I saw when I was in Seattle when I couldn't function because of um, panic disorder and generalized anxiety disorder. And they all helped me with the same message. And that was mindfulness, living in the moment and not allowing your mind to spin out in regret in the past um, and, and ruminate destructively and also, you know, not to venture so far out that you are creating a negative future just by worrying about it and, you know, by the sheer volume of worry, you know, really encouraging that negative future to take root. So I have to say, and I I don't care if it sounds goofy or new age, uh, there is so much science behind living in the moment, truly. And if you talk to people who, you know, have, have really ripened and have lived 80, 90 years on this earth, they'll tell you the same thing. Like, you know, they, they really wish they hadn't spent so much time worrying about things they couldn't control. And, you know, one of the things that I love about the way Dana Perino writes is everything is going to be okay. Everything is going to work out, believe it or not. And sometimes that takes a a few cracks at bat in order to trust that things have a way of working themselves out Uh, because you probably have already put in the hard work. You probably already have a plan or two. You probably have more resilience than you realize. You are probably capable of taking on more than you know. So with those things alone, the things that you might confront in the future that hasn't happened yet, you are going to land on your feet. So in the meantime, you know, feel your feet on the ground, feel your hands on the table, uh, feel the breath go into your nose and, and fill your lungs and fill your belly, you know, and, and rely on your senses for what they are encountering encountering in this very moment. And, you know, that that is something that has helped me through so much, but also helps me realize like, oh, my goodness, I'm actually fulfilled in this moment. I'm happy. Uh, and you know, not trying to run away from that by worrying about something undoing that good feeling, something that might happen in the future. Just live in the very moment and so many of the things that plague you will dissolve and then you can go back to having a good life, jackassing around with people you support, who support you, building good relationships, trusting one another and uh, getting rad. And then when you get there, even if it's for a moment... Give yourself a high five. I'm going to give myself 50 high fives tonight. Uh, Thank you for listening to my birthday rant. And I will always remember my 50th birthday because it was the day Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II left this earth. A remarkable woman whose wisdom will be felt for generations. This has been Kennedy Saves the World. I'm Kennedy. For more podcasts from my friends at Fox, you can go to foxnewspodcast.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, 
or wherever you listen. Oh, go ahead and leave me a review while you're there. I'd love to hear what you have to say. You've been listening to Kennedy Saves the World on the Fox News Podcast Network. Pull up a chair and join me, Rachel Campos Duffy. And me, former U.S. Congressman Sean Duffy, as we share our perspective on the discussions happening at kitchen tables across America. Download from the kitchen table to Duffy's at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you download podcasts.